2: Pat Mayo
1: Pat Mayo Pat Mayo experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Let's talk some fantasy football 2020 season. Let's do a bit of an intro to see what we're dealing with before we tackle on the rankings where we should be drafting certain people. What's the landscape? of fantasy football entering the 2020 season I've also pre-recorded four intro running back shows with Chris Meaney and Joe Pisapia, where we go player by player running back by running back and the ADP we use is probably a bit antiquated by the time that it actually comes up we still talk about each of the players and where we think that they should project to go and which ones we like which ones we don't like it's a great way to get yourself re-established on what actually happened last year where we project going into the this season the situations we're dealing with in the backfield and if news changes well shit happens but there's going to be four shows they're like over four hours in total content we had a lot of fun recording them and it was a great refresher to wrap my mind around everything today we're just going to talk about the overall landscape how early drafts are breaking down where the value rests some players that are just pumping up draft boards and i know that there's one player in particular that we're going to hit on bigly because this person that i'm talking to on the line davis maddox spoiler alert from sportsgrid.com and dailyroto.com is big on this guy but before we do that Remember to smash the like button for the episode. And in the comment section, tell me who your five starting picks would be. One, two, three, four, and five. The top five in your rankings for half-point PPR for the 2020 fantasy football season. Also, if you want to get into a draw for $100 DraftKings, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. We've got a ton of content coming out for you over the next few weeks, every single day, as we do. You leave a five-star review, a DraftKings handle, and something you enjoy about the Pat Mayo Experience, and you are in that draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Also, if you're into golf, because there's millionaire makers out uh, coming up, FantasyNational.com, check that out. Uh, It's free for the moment until (laughs) golf actually returns, so it's the only time the site's ever going to be free, not behind a paywall. Highly recommend that you go do it. If you have an email address... Go check out what's behind the paywall at fantasynational.com. No credit card that you have to put in, just go enjoy it. And it's going to be free to use up until Colonial. So if you want to get into the DraftKings Millionaire Maker and pretend to know what you're doing, highly recommend fantasynational.com. I talked to him. He's wearing Rachel Maddow glasses. It is Davis Maddock. What's up? Uh not
2: not technically Rachel Maddow glasses. These are my uh these are my my blue blockers, Pat. These are this is uh this is so I can get a full night's sleep despite staring at my computer all day long
1: is that okay my wife got one of those while she was pregnant um like like halfway through while she was still at work like she was getting migraines so she got a pair of those glasses she said they really helped. she only ever used them at work though you find that they're helpful
2: uh yeah i mean i use them uh every day like i use them like on the ipad before bed uh you know when i'm watching the clone wars or whatever uh i i find them to be Super useful. I, I find them to be like uh, like a night and day difference in terms of
1: like how I feel. Well, if people want to hear me and Davis talk more about glasses and things like that, uh, part nine, of our Corona Cast series came out on the weekend. Those are not quite evergreen because stuff changes all the time. I have no interest in going back and listening to all nine episodes because I can't imagine how horribly wrong we would have been wrong. about things yeah. in episode one and episode two. I think it's it will be a decent chronicle though of like what we knew at the time, how we were experiencing it, uh, in like a year's time to go back and listen to though.
2: It would, I mean, definitely would be interesting to see because I would imagine like uh, the the chart of like how uh, worried I am goes up and then goes down and then probably uh, peaks again at some point. So I imagine that would be uh, that'd be pretty funny to uh, to go back and listen to.
1: Well, I'm currently off on paternity leave, so hopefully uh, I have a brand new son with me at home uh, as people are watching this and tuning in whatever This one will be somewhat longer lasting because it's fantasy football. It's not like it's starting anytime soon. Uh, So I'm going to have a bunch of fantasy football shows, like I mentioned, coming out. I've already done some rookie stuff with Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com. We went over the rookie rankings and where those guys would rate in a rookie draft and a dynasty draft and where they might fall in the overall season-long rankings, which is, frankly, not super highly, unless you're like a for sure running back so what are your big takeaways just from the overall fantasy football landscape as it is because the first thing i've noticed from like the early drafts that i've seen and i'm talking about redraft here i'm talking about auction i'm not talking about best ball because i don't want to talk best ball is a crutch for content creators they're fun to play don't get me wrong but when you people like whoa i I draft him in best ball like who the fuck wouldn't you draft in best ball honestly davis
2: uh, I mean, there are a lot of guys that don't fit the uh the profile there uh in, in best ball. I mean, best ball really though is if you're trying to get money down on these drafts right now, you you are doing best balls. I mean, I've done I've done best balls, I've done regular, I've done dynasty, I've done all, all these drafts all off season, but best ball, you're you're certainly um, more inclined to take some guys in best ball as opposed to non-best performance, that is true. And it is it is a crutch to be like, oh yeah, you take McColl Hardman in best ball because uh, you don't have to decide which week to start him or whatever. So I I, I get what you're saying about uh, the people using best ball as a crutch, for sure.
1: So we're going to be talking about your standard redraft. We'll talk about it in the framework of half-point PPR. But really realistically, the difference between PPR and standard, there are outlier players when it comes down to yeah. it. But I think that people put way too much impact on well he's a PPR guy you can't draft him in standard no maybe the value is a little bit less but I think that sometimes guys that we think of as PPR players actually hold a lot of value in standard leagues because they just get discredited right off the hop
2: well, I mean, you know, you still get points for yards really, really the only thing that uh, that should change a ton in how you're thinking about PPR versus standard is that uh, you, you should just be waiting guys with like real touchdown ceilings higher than uh than you would in a ppr format because touchdowns just swing the whole thing
1: yeah and the the big thing with it like even someone like james white who in a ppr league historically would be drafted like eight rounds higher in a ppr than he would but it's not like he had no value in a standard like if you get a catch that's still an opportunity to touch the ball like if he has five carries and eight catches in a game that's just as good as someone with 13 carries now maybe some of those are goal line carries and that's a factor that weighs into it but it's not like james white would be devoid of value
2: i mean you'd rather have even even in a standard league you'd rather draft a running back who got 60 carries than 100 or 60 uh receptions as opposed to 120 carries i mean even in even in standard leagues receptions are worth so much more they gain more yards on average they're more likely to turn into touchdowns it's just like uh pass catching backs are you know it, it, it's already here right like you, you would just rather have those guys than you know your your
1: LeGarrette blunt types well, the big thing off the hop that I've noticed from some of these early drafts is the first four rounds running backs. That's it. we've now gone back zero RB didn't work. It's, one... it's it's dead, man. Zero RB didn't work that one year everyone jumped on board and it's completely swung back to the way that it was. Yeah,
2: I mean, so we are getting uh we are getting guys who were left for dead just completely pushed up draft boards you know we have todd Gurley, who was you know basically not even a functional human being last year you know just looked awful uh was not a good player you know bad pff grades bad yards per carry his team cut him and he is being drafted as the 24th player uh off the board right now in high stakes leagues um A great resource for ADP is fantasymojo.com. You can get, uh, I think it's like a $10 subscription for a year, and you can get, uh, you know, all the high-stakes leagues, ADPs. And so over the last seven days in the Football Guys Players Championship, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Chris Carson, and Le'Veon Bell are all going as picks in the first three
1: rounds. I mean, try try telling yourself that two months ago. Uh, I mean, I get that. Uh, not all of those guys, but there are some of those guys that I would want on my team this year if they were a third round pick, depending on how you structure your first two rounds like I think that Todd Gurley could end up being a good value this year i don 't i i you, you i think you I think I, so too I think you and I generally have fundamental disagreements on how to draft fantasy players. I am realistically only concerned about value that 's it like talent is great, but I will take the shitty starter who gets. 270 carries over the highly talented backup who might not see the field no i don't for running backs i don't care about talent at all
2: i i think that where we might disagree is that i think the floor for the girly for net melvin gordon types is way lower because just year after year we see the market be really overconfident in guys like that and then they get hurt or they get benched um, or, or, you know, really the worst type of running backs to draft are the guys who, you know, don't really get a ton of work at the goal line and don't really get a ton of work in the passing game, but they get super over, overvalued just because they get a ton of work in between the 20s. Um, ben Gretch, who works at CBS, has this, uh, this great metric he found, like basically he, he calls it uh, a running back's trap number, and it's just a measurement of what percentage of their touches are those low-value, you know, carries outside of the twenty. And I mean, like before last year, like Leonard Fournette was like the best example of this. Like he never caught the ball and he never really was getting, you know, tons of usage at the goal line. He just ran hot for a, for one year. And those are the type of guys I do not like to draft, but this year, I mean, I think there's a really good argument that, I mean, Todd Gurley might catch 60 passes this year if his knees hold up.
1: Yeah, I uh, for him it all depends on his health. Like Quadre Olson, yeah. your, your main man Brian Hill, uh, Judge Ito, right. like, these aren't the guys that are going to take his job. His job will be taken by injury.
2: Yeah, so so I have no I have no concerns about him getting benched, right? Like that that's just not that's just not going to happen. They signed him to the deal for you know, they did not they didn't draft a running back. Everyone thought they were going to draft a running back. Um they didn't. So I I don't actually really have any concerns about Gurley's usage as long as he is healthy Um, like there's not there's not a Daryl Henderson there right like last year we had the Daryl Henderson that really kind of suppressed his ADP I mean you know if they don't draft Daryl Henderson I think even with the knee concerns last year Gurley still probably you know a a tail end of the first round pick and uh, you know we just like you know none
1: of these other guys are any good either no, and it's funny. Last year, it was the knee that held, back, held Gurley back eventually based on his limited reps. Henderson eventually got involved. But Malcolm Brown was really the guy that came in to steal his actual value in a lot of these games.
2: Yeah. So Malcolm Brown, you know, I had the two touchdown game in week one, but overall um, Malcolm Brown just did not play very well. You know, he was given opportunities uh, specifically that San Francisco game and he, he just was no good. He averaged uh, 3.7 yards per carry on 69 rushes, uh, was only targeted six times in the passing game, Malcolm Brown. So, you know, we just, we, we, I, I think um, actually, that's a really important observation for this year because I think, cam Akers might end up being one of the running backs that i end up drafting the most just because i'm not afraid of malcolm brown and i think that the team's pretty much moved on from daryl henderson
1: well i think cam Akers is a really interesting one because there are people who are exceptionally high on him and his fantasy prospects off the hop but he's still that that but i think that's where i get into a situation of the twitter draft analysis people being like well this guy's clearly so much better than the other two guys that are already there but then that doesn't make a difference because the other two guys already know like the playbook. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have
2: no opinion on who's better between cam Akers or Daryl Henderson, but it would be a very strange decision for the Rams as a team to trade up for Daryl Henderson. Uh, Look at their roster. I mean, the Rams roster is just a nightmare. They have no talent anywhere. And it would be a strange decision to look at their talentless roster and be like, you know what we need to address uh, our complimentary running back to Daryl Henderson. So I would imagine uh, you know, Les need. and Sean McVay drafted Cam Akers with the idea that Daryl Henderson
1: is, um you know, just,
2: just not really going to cut it as an NFL player.
1: Uh, I get that logic behind it, too. But the one thing I noticed about Daryl Henderson last year and just what his skill set appeared to be was he was very slow getting to the line, but if he ever got the opportunity to run off tackle and turn the corner, he was fucking fast.
2: Well, that was, I mean, that was the position that he played in college. Like, Daryl Henderson was not even really... um like a a starting running back in college. He was a, he was a complimentary player. Um, So, or, Oh wait, no, that's actually not true. That, uh, that is not true at all. Uh, Tony, Tony Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard was Daryl Henderson's backfield mate. Um, So, but Henderson, you know, he played at Memphis, so he, he never played against really, really good players, I guess, would be would be what you would say is like, why did this why was this guy so good in college? Yeah, he actually averaged famously uh, over eight yards a carry in college, like everyone thought he was going to be great. I thought he was going to be great. I was very taken aback by how poorly he performed as um, as a rookie, but it's just it's just kind of one of those things.
1: Well, I'm looking at a 12-team uh, high-stakes league right now, and just using one league for reference isn't always the best. But, hey, this is the Pat Mayo experience. We're not going to do a ton of research here. This is what we're going to do. Cam Akers, where do you think he went in this draft? Um, I bet Cam Akers went in the fourth round. Fifth round is yeah. and that's I, I think that, he's like a that, huge that, value. I don't think how is that how is the 5th round for Cam Akers huge value though? Like and we kind of hit on it too like you expect that if Gurley's the main guy in Atlanta that he could more than like if he gets up to 60 receptions that more than doubles his reception total from last year. Goff in the Rams and Sean McVay don't check down or pass to the running backs all that often.
2: Well, they did a ton uh, when Gurley was healthy. And I think that a lot lar- uh, my presumption would be that a large reason why they stopped targeting Todd Gurley in 2019 was because he completely lost the ability to cut upfield. field. You know, you watch Todd Gurley from 2018, you watch him in 2019, they look like completely different players. I think a large reason why they wanted to draft Daryl Henderson and they said this last offseason was they wanted someone to play a Chris Thompson role is what Sean McVay said about Daryl Henderson and it never happened because Henderson you know didn't figure out the playbook didn't know how to adjust to the zone blocking scheme so i would imagine they do actually really want to throw to the running back because you know Gurley in his two seasons with McVay 64 and 59 receptions before his knees gave out on him so i actually think there's a pretty healthy receiving floor there four acres if he turns out to be you know good enough to play
1: yeah if he turns out to be the guy obviously that's going to be the value in the fifth round he should be a second round pick if that's going to be the case but it can swing the other way where this guy's just not playable all year um yeah i mean i i i certainly think that's true
2: and i think that's why you're getting i think that's why you're getting any discount on him at all i would imagine that at some point this discount is just going to evaporate right like if if Sean McVay says you know acres is the starter um you know if he comes out and starts the first preseason games very optimistic obviously that we would even get preseason games at all uh but there there's going to be no discount on him right he is going to he is going to zoom ahead of mostert Singletary. um You know, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson. Well, maybe not Carson. Carson actually probably is a guy who is going to move up draft boards because everyone was sort of expecting them to draft a running back and they didn't end up doing that. So I I think by the time we get to August, September, Akers is going to be – I mean, actually, very similar to what we saw with Josh Jacobs last year, where he started out going, you know, third, fourth round, and then ended up being a second round
1: pick. Yeah, he never really ended up being a second round pick. He was usually always available with the three, four swing. That's where he ended up going in real drafts, like because we do these shows, Davis. Shockingly enough, to talk to people who might actually be drafting, not guys that I don't know in your crazy sphere that are spending ten thousand dollars per league. Like, there's there's a difference in high stakes league with the way that those leagues are actually structured because it's not like because most. Most of the, like the giant 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 ones in the high stakes leagues there's value in going off the board and not making like a ridiculous pick but making the all upside pick because you don't only need to beat the 11 other people in your league you need to beat everyone who signed up for this thing that's not how fantasy football normally works yeah so like
2: you know when we in the football guys players championship this adp that i'm referencing in the ffpc main event um the nfc Cutline championship you will you'll see all of the high upside running backs get pushed up six rounds right like like actually a great example last year is like routinely like justice hill and um you know devin singletary darwin thompson uh and and this was before you know the little sean mccoy stuff we were seeing uh, those guys go and like like literally I was in an FFPC main event where Justice Hill went in the seventh round like it just that's just kind of the stuff that was happening
1: yeah and I can speak pretty confidently about the Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs from last year because I had basically those two guys as my starting running back yeah. almost every single Jacobs team. was awesome and I got him at the three four turn like if I picked 12th I usually went Michael Thomas someone else uh, usually Kelsey like Thomas Kelsey Carson Jacobs is essentially how I started three of the five drafts that I did yeah, I
2: mean Jacobs was I, I think it's very likely that Akers ends up being the um, comparable guy to Acres like Akers and Acres this year, Jacobs last year. I think those guys end up being really comparable in usage and value. Like because it might be it might be that Akers doesn't play a ton of passing downs. So maybe they do get Henderson in there more on passing downs like Oakland used um, Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington on passing downs, but he just ends up being a value because he is the lead back pretty much from day one. I think I think Jacobs got 21 carries in that Monday night game against Denver, like really wouldn't surprise me if Akers comes out and gets that many carries in his first game as a Ram too.
1: Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to see Akers do that in his first game as a Ram, but it was clear that that's why Jacobs was drafted. I don't think it's as yes. clear that's why Acres was drafted to the Rams
2: yeah for sure I mean so right now we like the team just hasn't said anything we have nothing from McVeigh. we have nothing from uh the from management on you know their plans for acres you know I, it's all it's all very much reading the tea leaves of drafting a running back in the second round the year after trading up to draft a running back in the the third round so I I feel pretty confident though like I I, I get on a on a confidence interval from like one to ten I'd put it at like a six that they drafted acres to just you know be the new Todd Gurley but uh you know I I certainly would not bet my life on
1: it or anything well let's talk about some rookie running backs before we jump to the top of the board like uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire is probably going to be drafted in the first round now is that where he's going to end up going like I think there will be leagues where people are a bit more pensive but there's all it takes is one and you're the guy who's the one. So if you're in a league, mm-hmm. you'll probably take him in the first round. If the league doesn't include Davis Matic, there's probably another Davis Matic type who will take him at number nine. Overall. I would wager in most leagues. He's an early second round pick though, when all shakes down. Yeah. So right
2: now I have Clyde Edwards, Hilaire ranked as my number 11 player. Uh, he goes off the board as running back 14, pick 22 on average. Um, I clearly am on the very optimistic side here, and I think you know the the frustrating thing would be if you if you do draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire this early, there definitely is a scenario where he has a season very comparable to Miles Sanders's rookie year where he really was only used in the passing game was not getting any goal line work you know kind of over the first half of the season then the incumbent starter ahead of him uh, was Jordan Howard from Miles Sanders it'll be Damian Williams for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire then that guy gets hurt and then the guy takes off like a rocket ship Um, now again it, it is it's reading the tea leaves of why did the team make the decision to draft him where they drafted him and to me, it would be very bizarre for a team that has as many needs on the roster on the defensive side of the ball as Kansas City to spend a first-round pick on a running back and then give a 28-year-old undrafted free agent, you know, more more carries, more touches than uh, than Clyde edwards And also, I think that's you know the touchdown upside for Ceh is. I, I think the only one that can match him is um, Elliott. Really, I think that's the only guy who can score as many touchdowns at a 90th percentile as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could.
1: Yeah, I guess Delvin Cook could also be in the very high end of that, just because he's the guy, and even with the split with Madison, it could work that way, and you lose Diggs. Maybe they have to lean on him a little bit more in the red zone, unless unless they were so impressed by the Boone King in the final two weeks right. of the year that they go back to Mike Boone. Doubt that's going to happen, although there's always like a C.J. Ham stolen touchdown always. along the way, yeah. always. It, it just is going to happen, especially the weeks that you roster Delvin Cook, but I think that there's a clear, distinct line between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the rest. To the rookie running backs not necessarily in yeah. terms of safety because I agree with you that this could go wrong for an extended period of time if Damian Williams the incumbent just is still the incumbent and they work in at Clyde Edwards Hilaire throughout the course of the season by the time like the Miles Sanders owners figured this out the hard way last year is that yeah it's great that Miles Sanders went off but uh, by the time he did it it probably didn't mean much to your fantasy team anymore
2: yeah I mean I think Probably, like, I, you know, I've spoken to a lot of guys who do projections and, and tried to get a sense of the situation. Um, I think what a lot of people are projecting is for Damian to be the 1A for the first month of the season, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the 1B, and then a transition point after that. I think that's probably a reasonable expectation. Um, and if, if they are, you know, in a 60-40 split or whatever, like, Kansas City's second running back still might be a top-20 guy, in fantasy just because they pass so often. So, you know, more of that running backs touches are going to cl- include that free point for a reception. And you know, like just being a running back in Kansas city is so easy. It is so easy to score points and score touchdowns as a running back for that team that, you know, even, even the one B there can be a really valuable player.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what separates him from the rest of them that let's say, like you said, that if cam Akers is the guy he's undervalued in the fifth round. And I would agree with that. He should probably be like a late second round pick uh, in that yeah. Rams offense. If it somehow turns out that Clyde Edwards Larry is the guy in Kansas city from day one, he should be considered a top he should be like pick. The, he
2: should be, like, the third pick.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the argument that you make for taking him so highly, but it does come with a bunch of risk. But then you got the other rookie running backs, like Jonathan Taylor is, like, around the – basically where jacobs is going last year like somewhere in the third round maybe he falls to the fourth people aren't paying attention that's probably not going to be the case but i don't feel super comfortable with him or dion like deandre swift i just don't want to own lions running backs
2: yeah no no thank you well we just won't draft any of that guy someone else can take him yeah
1: he might be good and he's going in like the fourth round but he's going ahead of guys like let's see here like Chris Car- Like, he's going ahead of Chris Carson right now, and, like, Chris Carson is yeah. an unsexy no, running thank back, you. but Chris Carson is a very reliable guy who, even with his massive fumbling problems, just always gets his job back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just—I I think that best-case scenario for DeAndre Swift, which would be that Carrion Johnson gets hurt— he still isn't going to be the guy because they are still going to use, uh, you know, Ty Johnson still on the roster, Bo Scarborough still on the roster. They actually, this is uh it seems, it seems that no one caught this during it's the pa- draft. It's Patriots light, man. That's all it is. They, they drafted another running back in the fifth round, like a pure pass catching running back, uh, Jason Huntley, uh, like a small school guy who's just going to be in there to play third downs. And like, you know, losing, losing those 10 snaps a game, when you're already going to be splitting snaps of carry on Johnson and you might lose some other work to Bo Scarborough, it's, it's like a stone cold disaster. This is of the 32 teams that Swift could have gone to. This is maybe the worst.
1: And I don't feel as comfortable with Taylor either in Indianapolis. Cause there's the clear cut case where he's just the guy. And then he's ultra valuable, but with rivers mm-hmm. on the scene, I mean, Naheem Hines is going to have value. And it's not like Marlon Mack isn't there. Now I think that they drafted Taylor to, be a better version of Marlon Mack, but I would be, I guess I wouldn't be completely stunned if Mack just got zero run at all. But if all of a sudden Mack is playing 20% of the snaps or 25% of the snaps, he's not valuable, but he's just sucking the life force out of Taylor.
2: Yeah. Very, very real scenario where we get, um, you know, uh, Deandre Swift gets 60% of the carries, but he's not playing much on the passing downs because they have Naheem Hines there. And, you know, like I, I don't know. I just, I, I was never even a carry on guy. Like carry on Johnson was going tail end in the second round, beginning of the third round last year. And um, I, I mean, I guess it is a little bit of a suck out, like that he got injured or whatever. And they, they were maybe looking like they were going to use him more. But I, I, yeah, Lions running backs. Like, what's the use? They, they haven't had um,
1: a thousand yard rusher since like two thousand and one. Yeah, and like I talked about Carson, where he's going, like Matt Breda is going ahead of him. I'm not even entirely convinced that Matt is going to be the guy in Miami. Like, doesn't Jordan Howard do this every year where everyone discounts him and all of a sudden he's just getting 20 carries a game?
2: Last seven days, I see Breda as RB 34, 81 overall, which that feels appropriate to me.
1: Me too. And, but I'm looking at the this high stakes draft that just happened. Over oh, the weekend, okay, okay. And he's in the fourth round ahead of Chris Carson.
2: I mean that's yes that's absurd right because I mean let's not forget he's also going to lose third down work to the best uh, the best pass protector running back in the NFL uh, Patrick Laird like so let's uh, our, remember that your your Laird and Savior our, our Laird and Savior I mean look man like that's so annoying to people to think about but Laird is going to make the team and
1: he's going to play third downs like I like that's just going to happen. Well, the the second-tier rookie running backs are all kind of going in a cluster. So you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's, like, first, second round where he's going. Then you have Taylor, seems to be the clear number two, coming off the board. Then Swift is the number three, which just I don't like whatsoever. And then you get into this territory where you have Cam Akers, Keyshawn Vaughn, and J.K. Dobbins all going, like, start of the fifth round type value, but it's right around the same place that David Montgomery is going. And I don't like David Montgomery, but I would much prefer to take David Montgomery over all those guys. Like if we're trying to mine volume from running Yeah, back, he's like,
2: locked into being a he's, starter. He's,
1: he's the guy. There are, he's not good. The offense isn't good, but he's the guy. We know that.
2: Yeah. I mean, he is going to get 70% of the running back carries for that team and should get, you know, yeah or more right because because they they really have soured on using Tarek cohen and yeah i just i i i mean i i think montgomery sucks but yeah i'm like a stone lock to have him on a ton of my fantasy teams this year
1: he's actually shaping a lot like his value this season reminds me a lot of where chris carson's value was last year like just no one likes him so they don't want to draft him but they understand that he's in a really good situation for fantasy points
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I 100% agree with this. I think, uh, I think, I think that's very, I think it's very, I think it's very analogous. Um, I mean, I guess other than the fact that, um, Montgomery doesn't play in a good offense. Right. Whereas, uh, uh, Chris Carson plays in offense. We expect to score a decent amount of points because his quarterback plays so good.
1: Yeah. But uh, even like Keyshawn Vaughn going over Ronald Jones, like there's a situation where neither one of those running backs is really worth all that much. Like are you Keyshawn guy? Are you team Tampa is going to be really good? Cause I'm kind of team Tampa is going to like not be great.
2: I'm team. The market is completely overrating the risk or completely underrating the risk factors here, which is like, okay, one, maybe, maybe Brady can't do it at all. Like maybe, maybe he just physically is not able to do it at 43 or maybe Brady is able to go out and be, um, Gardner Minshew, which means he's really going to struggle on those deep balls. And, you know, people have their opinions about Jameis or whatever, but one thing Jameis was able to do in this offense was, you know, throw the ball deep to, uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And that really made a lot of the other things in that offense work. And I, I also think, you know, one of the things people forget is so much of that
1: production in tampa bay last year was garbage time well because Jameis created that garbage time if you think that brady's going to be a super efficient passer who protects the ball everyone's numbers across the board are going down i i think a very likely scenario
2: is that godwin has like a julian edelman season but on crack because he's so good so like he 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 has like a really phenomenal like you know 100 catches 1400 yards 12 touchdowns like some crazy season because he's so good um but Evans really struggles, you know, Gronk basically is a part-time player. OJ Howard frustrates everyone. Cameron Brate ends up catching five touchdowns to tilt everyone. Like I I think like a super, super frustrating fantasy season is definitely in play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am, I am not one of these people that is, um, you know, out here talking about Tom Brady, you know, taking over the league, betting, betting over 10 wins. Their total
1: right now is 10 wins, Pat. That's and that division's it's not good it's, but, but it's not like it's good. Even, even it's yeah it is and it isn't like Atlanta's Atlanta could very well be 6 and 10 they could be 10 and 6 like they're one of those teams New Orleans is going to be good Carolina just has a really shitty defense but they're going to be able to so score bad po- but they're going to be able to score points
2: Yeah I mean Teddy should be an upgrade from Kyle Allen Curtis Samuel Robbie Anderson DJ Moore is a really good wide receiver grouping you know we think Ian Thomas is a pretty good tight end Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is, you know, a, a good NFL running back. So, yeah, like I, I, I just, I think it's going to be a lot tougher for, I think it's going to be a lot tougher for the Buccaneers than everyone is anticipating because everyone thinks Tom Brady is a superhero and he,
1: he just might not be. No. And listen, we could be the, the complete like, ducks and all of this and just be like oh yeah we we were completely wrong tampa was 13 and 3 and they were awesome but you're paying for that in these fantasy drafts already like that's what you're paying for it's like betting the over on the 10 wins or betting the 12 to 1 to win the super bowl like it's not getting any better than this it reminds me a lot of like the browns from last year like chris godwin is going inside the top 24 he's going as a top he and Mike Evans are both going as top 10 receivers right now. Uh, you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who no one really knows anything about, going in the fifth round, but you still have Ronald Jones like going in the sixth round. Yet no one seems to want to draft Tam- Tom Brady in any of this. Like, I actually think... Oh, if- Brady, Brady goes high. Brady in this ended up going... Where's Brady at here? He was outside the top 10 of quarterbacks. Brady, well, Brady has been going, on average, as the eighth quarterback off the board, which... It seems insane to me. Well, if you have the choice between in fantasy, and this is what we are talking about here, Brady or Josh Allen, the answer is Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: guys who are going after him, Matt Ryan, um, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, I would prefer all of
1: those guys. Daniel Jones is shaping up to be a really good fantasy player.
2: Yeah, he like if, if you told me that Daniel Jones finished as the number one overall quarterback in fantasy while the Giants won seven games, I'd be like, Yep, that's pretty firmly in the range of outcomes for Daniel Jones. And, if you just okay, don't look. Guess how many times Daniel Jones fumbled
1: last year? Just guess. Ooh. Like he started twelve
2: games and 12? appeared
1: in thirteen. Appeared in thirteen? I'm gonna guess it's somewhere around a fumble a game. Eighteen. Are you serious? Plus plus an interception a game. And this is, I mean, and that, uh, and the way that I would try to think about this is that just sounds like a very Jameis season to me. And if oh, it, he's super Jameis. And, and if if you go back and look at who was good at fantasy last year, Jameis Winston was. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, and and Jameis doesn't really run, but Daniel Jones runs. Like Daniel Jones added, I think, 250 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. So like, yeah, I mean. I, 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 there's just a very real scenario where the giants suck, but Daniel Jones is really good.
1: Yeah. It, it's the, it's a lot of the, it's not quite the same case I made for Josh Allen last year when I basically called him discount cam Newton, because he's just going to call his own number at the goal line every single time. Cause it, it works. And he's not yeah. a great passer, but he's going to run a whole bunch that Daniel Jones averaged seven and a half carries a game. Like that's good. Like break out yeah. w- one decent run every two weeks. And it's like an extra touchdown on the board. I mean, yeah, literally,
2: like, and, and Brady has access to none of that, right? Brady will not add fifty rushing yards over the course of the season. Daniel Jones might add four hundred, which is like, you know, like three free touchdowns.
1: Yeah. So the, the what's the optimal scenario for the Tampa Bay offense? Because like the only guy that I'm really considering drafting in that offense right now, because I actually think that they are a good value, is Gronk. Like, just all of a sudden, Gronk's Gronk and. you you just spend the money on him because he's not going highly he's like a 10th round pick like fuck it i'll I'll roll the dice on gronk why not
2: yeah i mean if if gronk is like physically you know fine like he's good to go i can i can see him having a value because we just you know every year tight end just ends up being such a nightmare in fantasy i i mean i can see a scenario where all of these guys do pay off at their adp where brady is like Brady shows up. He, you know, he turned. He's 2016 Brady again. He's he's throwing darts to Godwin. He's hitting Evans in stride. Like Gronk, you know, Gronk just is uh, cleaning up on a lot of these drives. Like I, I can see it. I just don't think it's the most likely, like median outcome.
1: No, I would tend to agree with that. And like Gronk, amongst tight ends right now, is going around like Blake Jarwin, who's not going to be good in this offense anymore. I hate to tell you.
2: Yeah, I mean his target expectation is going to go way down. They they did lose. I mean, they they had four different players last year, C-83 or more targets. So there there is some room for him still, uh, but not as much as there would have been before they drafted C.D. Lamb.
1: No, who do you think ends up with more targets in this offense? Zeke or Blake Jarwin? Because I would go with Zeke. Oh, Jarwin for sure. You think I don't so? Even know. I don't even know. Zeke might not get 40 receptions this year. If that's the case, then he should not be going as a top three pick, I don't think.
2: Well, I mean, the same argument you make for, Edward Taller goes for Zeke which is that uh if he's going to get an opportunity I mean well just he's going to get an opportunity to score
1: uh, like, he could, he could have a 20-touchdown season and no one would blink. No, that's true. You, you pay for that upside. Like, Barkley, you could throw into that mix, too. That if the Giants are just behind in a lot of these games. but He, gets he could all catch of, so many passes. Get, catch all the passes. Although, Daniel Jones didn't do a whole lot of checking down to Saquon. That was mostly the Eli games where he piled up receptions. But if they just get yeah. down by a bunch, yet he handles every touch inside the five-yard line, he could score 20 touchdowns. Plus, he's Saquon Barkley, and he's, he has, like, five 60-yard touchdowns in him. Zeke doesn't have yeah, that. Yeah, I mean Zeke doesn't the, have the that thing, like Berkeley does.
2: No, but he plays in an offense. He's I mean better. I mean the the Cowboys led the NFL in yards per play last year. They will they seem like the best team to do that again this year. So uh
1: yeah, he just is gonna have an opportunity for they're gonna have so many drives, they're gonna end in points. Well, let's talk about these top running backs because it seems pretty consensus that one, two, three off the board overall at running back is gonna be Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, and Saquon. And you could yeah. go Saquon Zeke, it just but those seem to be the three guys. Is there anyone who is close to those three at running back, do you think? No, I think I think it's those
2: guys. I think that that's a tier break, then Cook and Kamara are a tier break of their own,
1: and then I think there's a pretty sizable um, third tier. See, I'm more down on Kamara than I think most are. I see the upside and where the upside comes in. and If he hits it, then yes, he is... Probably by far the fourth quarter, fourth running back that you're going to want to have. He could be the number one running back if everything breaks right for him. I see so many different opportunities for things to go wrong for him because, as we know, Drew Brees noted socialist enjoys spreading around the wealth uh, so that can always go one of two ways Latavius Murray's going to steal touchdowns whether people like it or not they they go out and draft a freak tight end that no one knows about but he's going to end up being like you know he'll have five touchdowns like there are so many different places to funnel the ball in this offense that it's hard for the optimal outcome for Kamara to hit like I see Cook outscoring Kamara seven out of ten times if we ran a simulation of the season and i see the same thing for derrick henry too uh i mean henry definitely
2: fits your mold of just draft the guys who are going to get the most touches kamara though is a very good argument for it's not the most amount of touches but you want the high value touches and pretty much every touch kamara gets is a high value touch it's it's you know he's out in space um you know he is uh you know, getting a ton of looks around the goal line. Like when Alvin Kamara is healthy, they just, they just force feed him the
1: the touches you want him to get. Basically. They do, but like he ended up touching the ball uh, on 53% of rushes inside the five yard line for the saints last year, went to Alvin Kamara. It's only like 35 inside the 10, 35 inside of the 20. I know he was hurt for a few of those games, but it's not like he was out all season. And A big knock on him his first two seasons was he was so hyper efficient that no one could sustain at that level. And it went completely sort of the other way last year, that there's probably a happy medium. But him getting back to those peak efficiency numbers is going to be really tough.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, very similar to like the people who are uh, championing Austin Eckler right now, like it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be hard.
1: I, I honestly think that Austin Eckler is a bad pick. Like people are, it's not even the efficiency numbers. It's nothing like that. Not having Rivers as his quarterback is going to be especially the tough. the
2: checkdown the checkdown check king. Rivers is Rivers is the checkdown king of all time. Like he he loves to throw to running backs. And uh, now Eckler's going to be playing with Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. Not gonna not gonna. I I mean I don't know. Like I agree with you. Eckler is not a good value where he's going. I loved him. He was a great guy to have in Dynasty. Uh, but, I mean, this is a classic mistake that people make in life in general Pat is people don 't want to people don 't want to buy the distressed asset they want to buy after they 've already seen it, and uh, that's that 's not the time to buy anything
1: no, especially when you have a prototypical running back that just doesn 't rate as a guy who 's geared for twenty carries a game like I know that his receiving overcomes all that, but I just go back and look at Tyrod on the Browns, Tyrod on the Bills. Not a big checkdown guy. He's more of a run, the, running pull. quarterbacks don't throw to running backs. Exactly. This is like like it just doesn't happen. Yeah, he's a more pull it down and run it for myself type guy. Like Tyrod, if he ends up starting, could actually be a really good fantasy player this year. Yeah, I mean,
2: running quarterbacks always. And Tyrod has been a good real life quarterback before. Like not good, but like a, a fine enough real life quarterback in the past. Um so I I like I think there are just a lot of scenarios where things go poorly for Austin Eckler this year, including they might just give Justin Jackson, you know, like, cause Justin Jackson's a fine pass catcher too. And, and has performed fine when given touches in the NFL before. So like I I can see Justin Jackson just eating in to a ton of Eckler's volume.
1: And there is buzz around Joshua Kelly as well, that not necessarily that he's going to take over, but if all of a sudden, like, Rivers was so generous with dumping the ball off to Eckler that even if Eckler was playing 48% of the snaps and not getting goal line work, once Melvin Gordon had returned, it didn't really matter. It did. He wasn't a top five running back anymore. He was like a fringy top 10 guy. But that's just not going to be the case anymore, that if he's playing 45% of the snaps or even 55% of the snaps, he's just not going to have the same value.
2: Yeah, I mean and and it's so it's important to note that Melvin Gordon's like completely done just is not a good NFL player anymore. So See, of course okay. he wasn't going to
1: really Oh, but but he did steal a lot of those touchdowns, and he was a b- benefactor of a lot of these blood dumps from Philip Rivers as well. Just no matter who's standing next to Philip Rivers, he's going to throw them the ball.
0: So so what I, I'm saying I, is, I, I, is think,
1: that- I think that Gordon, like you mentioned, Gordon off the hop, like Gordon is going around Fournette, Taylor, David Johnson, Bell, James Conner, and Aaron Jones, like that's sort of the range where he's in. He does not fit into that mix for me at all. Like I think he's bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like,
2: I think, I also think he's bad, but I also think, he, like, Denver clearly plans on giving him a bunch of
1: touches, right? I, I don't necessarily know that. I think that they want him to be their I lead. I mean, I, I they will not want be him, drafting they, him, they want for him, sure. They want him to be their lead back, but their lead back might be a guy who touches the ball max 60% of the backfield touches. Like, they still have yeah, other mean, guys to give the ball to. I will not be drafting Melvin Gordon, but
2: if he did a zombie, like melvin gordon season where he like walks ass backwards into 14 touchdowns i'm not gonna you know like denver denver just does stuff like that so i would i could see it
1: oh sure like but then but you're still then paying for that where he's currently going like i think david johnson is horrendous this year but if david johnson is gonna go 17 picks after melvin gordon i don't see a huge gap between those oh, i'd rather guys. have david johnson but like chris carson's going after both of those two guys and chris carson is just objectively better at fantasy Uh, yeah, I mean, that is Chris
2: Carson is objectively better. Uh, and it seems it, yeah, it does. I mean, it seems crazy to me that he would be going after Melvin Gordon, certainly not the way that, um, that I would, that I would rank that or think about
1: that. I have, I have Melvin Gordon, um, very, very low in my rankings. So, Miles Sanders is going as, like, a fringy first-round pick. Like, in some drafts, he's going ahead of Chubb or uh, Gurley or Jacobs or Aaron Jones or any of these guys. And other ones, he's going after them. It depends on how much you believe in Miles Sanders. But every single time like the 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 water is clear he's Moses the water in the backfield yeah maybe Boston Scott eats in a little bit probably not but every rumor that you hear about running back signing it's I'm gonna go to Philly I'm gonna go to Philly I'm gonna go to Philly that 100% of the time that that worries me that maybe Miles Sanders isn't gonna be like if we're looking for like pristine running backs for fantasy football we want them playing over 75% of their backfield snaps there's a chance that Sanders isn't that guy Uh, I think
2: it's a super strong chance that he, that they don't plan on him being that guy, right? Like I, 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 if,
1: if that's the case, then there is no draft where Kenyon Drake should go behind Miles Sanders.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there is very good reason. I think there's a very good reason to think that Kenyon Drake has both a better floor and a similar upside to,
1: uh, to, uh, Kenyon Drake or to
2: Miles Sanders rather.
1: Yeah. So I I think I would take Drake ahead of Sanders. I could see, I I think I would take Drake over uh, Edwards Hilaire as well. I know that upside isn't quite the same, but Drake has a substantial amount of upside and I don't buy any of this shit about like chase Edmonds, like really eating in. He's not going to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I think that um, a lot of the reasons for not being into Kenyan Drake would be like structural where you'd be like, you know, it's very uncommon for running backs to change teams at this age, hold up physically, get similar workload. like you're you're like if you're looking for historical comps like you're just not going to find that many um but i know that i know that in season when we're sitting there looking at drafts people just don't like to hear those structural ideas and they just want to draft the players that they like that will do well and uh you know kenny drake is definitely one of those players
1: yeah and like i think that joe mixon along with everyone else is set up for a really nice season we'll see whether or not he holds out but i think i would take or or if
2: burrow is uh you know really good because like you know, there's some ca- there's some chance that Burrow gives you uh, Andy Dalton, you know, seven yards per attempt level production, and that will make Mixon probably a little overvalued because the t- like there's not going to be a ton of touchdown upside there. Burrow's not good as a rookie,
1: but like I think it's a coin flip between him and Drake. I think I might even take Drake. Like I'm big on this Arizona offense, but I'm not big on any of its pieces besides Kyler and Drake. Like I don't like I I think Hopkins is going to be good, but like Hopkins is going like early second round, late first round. Like I'm not entirely convinced that he replicates the same production he might be more efficient but just the bulk numbers that he was getting no the the
2: whole way the whole concept behind the air raid this offense that Arizona runs is like to not overload one player and to use uh you know use all your players use your top players to distract uh you know to create space like I I would not imagine Cliff Kingsbury is dialing up a 100 yard
1: or a 100 catch season for deandre hopkins no i I think that the top two wide receivers are far and away better than everyone else maybe like i'm on an island with this maybe you agree i really haven't read anyone else's stuff but thomas and adams are probably top five picks uh
2: they are going as thomas and adams are going as the widely the wide receiver two or the wide receiver one and two they should Uh, yeah i I mean i I, 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 I I,
1: I, I i don't see what the argument against those two guys is with the guys behind him. like i love julio i like hopkins uh tyreek hill is the only one you can really put in there but like week to week he can go away like those two guys don't go away if they're playing
2: yeah and i mean this might be this might be the year for adams right like we i mean if he doesn't get hurt this year we are talking about like an insane target season like just like wild stuff because they have uh they have very little else uh in their in their past game so i, I agree
1: Yeah, so that's where Hopkins was. He was a part of that tier because of the overall volume and lack of competition that he was going to see. Now, I'm just wishy-washy on that. Like, I can't confirm that. But the touchdown upside for both Adams and Thomas is higher than everyone else's at receiver. Their target share is going to be higher than everyone else's. And their volume per game is going to be higher than everyone else's. I think that's like, I guess my thing would be like, after those three running backs that we talked about, McCaffrey, Barkley, and Elliott, Michael Thomas is probably the next pick. But then you get into that Cook, Kamara, that type of thing. Like, I don't know yet if I would take Adams at five, but I would think about it.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think so. The reason why he's not going to be a very popular pick at five with some of these other running backs on the board is that the wide receiver is so deep. I mean, you're, you're sitting there in the 10th round drafting wide receivers you like and running back gets like that, that clip, that clip gets empty very early very quickly basically is why is why you won't feel comfortable taking Adams there
1: uh I see I don't necessarily agree with that and this is kind of the point of the show is to break down where everything is happening like I I spent a first round pick on either Thomas or Travis Kelsey in a lot of drafts last year and it turned out to be okay Mm -hmm. because I hit on my running backs when I drafted them either in the second third or fourth round like I said that Jacobs Carson combination wasn't like the nuts at running back but it was good all year and you could kind of piece in everything else and I had a huge lead by having Kelsey and Thomas those are two very consistent players that I didn't need to have Christian McCaffrey on my team in order to have a good team obviously you need to get lucky or make a nice pickup along the way but that's any team that you draft so I'm not going to worry too much about that I just want good players with the picks that I make them that well zero RB might be dead there is a case to be made that Thomas and Adams like them on their tier is worth more than all of the other like wide receivers deep like if you take one of those two guys you might not have to take a wide receiver again to structure your team to like the sixth seventh round if you don't want to
2: yeah i mean i i think that is true i just you know again it's like so would you rather have um would you rather
1: have Devonte adams and Kenyon drake aaron say. jones Let's say, let's say, would I, would I rather have Devante Adams and Kenyon Drake over having Delvin Cook and Drake or Delvin Cook and Kittle, Delvin Cook and Julio? I think it might be Adams and Drake. It's pretty hard to do that because Drake is now
2: kind of creeping up into the back end of the first round. But yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that that second tier running backs, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Todd Gurley, like those guys immediately we are getting into like screaming, blazing red, question marks about all those guys
1: yeah well i think that their their upside is better but i would almost even look at that if you want to go receiver receiver you could finagle away to get adams and kittle adams and kelsey it depends on, like i don't think that kelsey's going to be a first round pick when it all shakes down i think that they're both yeah i don't be think set. so either but like he's going in the first round in some of these drafts but i think he's a second round pick so let's say you started adams and then kelsey what are you left with well you miss out on that aaron jones melvin gordon tier but you do have the carsons of the world available to you james Connor Le'Veon on Bella guys that no one wants but are volume running backs who could very well be running back ones this year
2: yeah I mean i think I think it's a, a fair point and I mean i another I think another attribute to this point would be that there's not a, in terms of range of outcomes. Like there's not really that much of a difference between some of these guys who are going in the third round and some of these guys who are going in the second round at running
1: back. Yeah, but there is, there does seem to be a precipitous drop off at like, I even mentioned David Montgomery. Like if you want to go receiver tight end first two rounds, it's probably not optimal, but you could go running back, running back, running back and end up with three guys that you like.
2: Yeah. Three guys you like. I mean, just like, so historically speaking, if you look at the way um, like the ranges of drafts fall running backs drafted in the third, fourth and fifth round have like the, by far the highest bus rates of any position, like cause these are generally guys who are getting drafted very highly on the presumption of volume. And then they, they either get the volume. bad volume, they, they lose the volume and, and they're not efficient enough to make up for it. So, so I, I like, well, I agree with you, like when we're talking about these players and I'm like, Yeah, I think David Montgomery is a, a value where he's going. Would it surprise me if so like he gets he gets banged up and Ryan Nall comes in and plays better than him and he gets benched? No, because David Montgomery sucks. And so I, I think that that's stuff I try to be cognizant of when drafting. Like, yeah, I think specific values of these players might
1: make sense, but you know, historically speaking, this is a very bad bet. Well, I just think that Like, the Kamara, Cook, Henry, Mixon, Drake, maybe Clyde, Edwards, Hilaire are sort of a second-tier group of running backs. Then you have, like, Sanders, Gurley, Jacobs, Eckler, Jones, Fournette. Like that's Sanders next. is in that, that second group for me. I, okay, I you're, think you're, you're so right, much upside. You're, you're right about the upside. And uh, if I'm going to put Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in there, you have to put Miles Sanders in there, the way that we've talked about them. But like, I don't think that there's like, – one of those second-tier guys could be the best running back in fantasy football and where the guys in the third tier probably will not be. I think that those two tiers are a bit like, interchangeable once we look at the results at the end of the season. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I, that point, that point is true for sure. Where, where I do think that if Thomas or Adams don't get hurt, because like health, you can't predict, but if those guys play all 16 games, like they're going to be top five receivers.
2: Yeah, I mean, if those guys don't get hurt, I mean, if, if Michael Thomas doesn't get hurt, it's very hard for me to even see his... I mean, I guess maybe if Drew Brees gets hurt, but even that didn't really stop him last year. Like, yeah, Michael Thomas is just going to finish as the number one overall
1: guy. No, because that's... that Number one overall is usually dictated by touchdowns, and touchdowns inherently are just more difficult to predict. I mean, Michael Thomas might, might re-break his own record for receptions, though. Yeah, but, but Devontae Adams had just the same market share in as many targets and receptions per game when he was healthy last year. He just got hurt. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it that actually probably is going um, like a little bit under the radar, like just how insane Devontae Adams' volume was last year, I guess, because he missed, I think, seven weeks with injury.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's not—maybe prorating that out is stupid, but at the same time, if I'm looking for elite players at their position, that was always my thing about— Travis Kelsey last year was I had Kelsey rated so much higher than Kittle in Ertz for the upside that he presented. That didn't even really hit. He was the best tight end, but if you had drafted Mark Andrews in the 14th round, you were doing better, but you had to draft a lot happier, but you had to draft. You had to know to draft Mark Andrews in the 14th round or Darren Waller, wherever the hell you got him. And like, that was your plan. I know a lot of people ended up with those players, but that wasn't plan a put it that way.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked Andrews, and um, I really liked Andrews and Waller last year. T- last year was a good year at tight end. I don't see any obvious corollaries to those guys this year, though. You know, looking down the board,
1: I, I at, think, uh, I think at the, tight end. I think the corollaries that you would have to make if you wait on tight end that there's like a cluster of them. It's like Fant, Gasicki, Hawkinson, like that type of guy, like breakout potential, just monster. Gasicki
2: is probably the guy who has the who has the route to enough volume and enough ops uh, enough upside in that offense because. You know, well, and also Waller really, um like Waller was not on a lot of championship teams because once Hunter Renfro was like the full time slot starter there, his numbers got a lot worse. So it re- it really was, it really was Mark Andrews, and you know Mark Andrews was attached to an offense that scored a lot of touchdowns. And for gesicki to get there, you, you'd really, you'd probably Tua will have to play. Like Tua will have to become the starter probably.
1: Well, it's funny if Fitzmagic ends up just keeping the job for a while if two is not healthy he's not ready whatever it is but preston williams is healthy preston williams yeah. was the one doing damage in that offense it wasn't until he got hurt that parker started going bananas and that Gasicki became like a full-time player also yeah so i don't know if that reverts back to how it was with williams healthy because Albert wilson's still in this offense like they have guys and they use them in really weird ways
2: they have a lot of guys and they, um, they, they play them all. Like they, they are very comfortable, um, rotating all those snaps basically. So that is, that is a good point. I I mean, Gesicki was playing a ton over the second half of the year though.
1: Like Gesicki is going in the same range as like Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby is somehow going ahead of these people, which I just do not understand. Uh, people love it. I, I, he just screams bust. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've drafted Higby once yet. Like, I can't envision myself ever drafting Higby over Evan Ingram.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I like Evan Ingram. I like Evan Ingram uh, way more. I mean, there are some guys here. So, like, uh, yeah, Fant, I can see an upside season being there from him. Ian Thomas. Um, Ian Thomas, John yeah. But th-
1: yeah, I don't, I don't really see it from him. What about what about Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh now? Like, you can make a pretty strategic bet that although all because all reports are indicating that Roethlisberger is washed, he's fat, he sucks. That if somehow you get ninety five percent of Roethlisberger back, everyone on the Steelers is a great pick.
2: Uh, I think a lot of the Steelers are going to be great picks. Uh, We haven't mentioned James Conner's name yet, but but he would not
1: but I, I did. He was another, he was one of those running backs in the, if you went receiver, 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 tight end, that if he was your third round pick or even fourth round pick in some of these spots that that's great.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, right now I think he is going as uh, like a tremendous value because there really was not a bigger winner of the NFL draft than him. You know, he does not his, his backfield competition now is the guys who sucked last year and uh, Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland who like, you know, whatever. I mean, they, you know, running back doesn't matter. Like I'm not i I'm not saying he is better or worse than James Conner, but Connor is gonna get the chance to be the incumbent again. I'm I'm sure of it.
1: Yeah, like James Conner and Le'Veon Bell are just two guys no one wants, but they're the guys. Why why if that's your th- cuz Bell is dropping even to the 4th round. That if you were able to get Connor and Bell potentially or Connor and Carson based on where they're going right now. Like I'm not that upset with that if I have elite guys at the other positions. Like if you wanted to reach and take Lamar Jackson in the 2nd round, which I wouldn't do but I know that people will do, like those are the running backs that you back it up with.
2: Yeah, I mean the the new the new zero running back might be
1: like just accept having shitty running backs. That 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 might be the new wave. Yeah, except having three of those guys and just throw in Montgomery as the last one, and hopefully two of them work out.
2: Yeah, I I, I think that is um, that is a scenario that could I could see playing
1: itself out for sure. Yeah, and like I, I'm not suggesting don't take Christian McCaffrey at number one or even if, or whoever you have rated really highly, but just don't think that you have to take a running back because we've just talked about a whole bunch that are available in the third, fourth, and fifth round that you need to be good. But shockingly enough, if you make bad fantasy football draft picks, your team's gonna fucking suck anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, if you make bad pits, you uh, if you make bad picks, you're going to suck. That is true. Uh Lamar in the second Mahomes in the third. That's where you're seeing it.
2: That's where I'm seeing it. I mean, you know, that just means I'm not going to get to have those guys, but you know, it was great. It was great being all in on Lamar last year. And now we just, we got to do it again. We got to find someone else new.
1: Is Daniel Jones going to be that guy?
2: Daniel Jones. I mean, Kyler, like when drafts like started in like February, you could get Kyler in like the eighth round, but yeah, that's that's pretty dead already.
1: That's not happening now. What's, what's the round do you think? And we're just, this is our intro to the season, but like sixth round, take Kyler? Oh, he, I mean, yeah, take him there. You won't get him. He'll be, him and
2: Dak are going to go in the fourth and fifth round for all of this, uh, this preseason.
1: Who would you rather have, Kyler or Dak? I think I would take Kyler.
2: I have I have Dak three Kyler four. Uh, I have I, I I probably will change that twenty times before the season starts. I think where you will why you would um, go with Dak is that he is just a proven touchdown rusher. Uh, he has twenty one rushing touchdowns over four seasons, and they use him around the goal line that way. Why you would go Kyler is they are like a mortal lock to lead the NFL in total plays run. So that will just give him some, uh, you know, some extra yardage, some extra rushes and stuff like that.
1: When, when are we going to have the narrative that this is the ultimate fuck you, Aaron Rodgers season? He just goes back to being the best quarterback. I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe we'll get that narrative, but
2: he just can't do it anymore.
1: He could have a really good fan. Like, I'm curious to see where he ends up going. Like, does he become, like, the Matt Ryan from, like, his MVP year where he's, like, a 14th-round fantasy pick?
2: I mean, right now he's going pick 149. Like, that seems like good value. Yeah, I mean, he just uh, has really sucked for fantasy for the last couple, for last, since
1: 2016, really. Um, did you see this uh, this Aaron Jones number about uh, when Devontae Adams played and when Devontae Adams didn't play the Aaron Jones numbers?
2: I would imagine there i would imagine they're huge because it's hard for uh, it's hard for a running back to get his when a wide receiver is getting targeted on like uh 30 percent of the offenses plays yeah it's
1: he basically scores double the amount of fantasy points per game
2: yeah because they they just use him and Jamal Williams on the field a little bit uh you know at the same time and stuff so I I I probably you know Aaron Jones just to me seems like the most uh volatile asset in the top 24 picks right now like I just I can't get there
1: all right and AJ Dylan's now a part of that mix too. Dylan, Jamal how? Williams, yeah, how? Adam's I don't know, back. but like, who knows? Like, like that's yeah, why it's I, just that's why I think that Adams is so good. Like, he's very clearly the guy.
2: Yeah, like what? What's he gonna get? Art? Is he gonna get out targeted by Alan Lazard?
1: You know, like what, what's what's their plan? You know? Yeah. All right, Davis Maddock. you can follow him on Twitter at Davis Matic. Uh, check him out on SportsGrid.com, DailyRoto.com, and subscribe to the TakeCast and go back and check out all of our Corona CoronaCast shows. If you want us here, ludicrously bad, old takes exposed, because that's probably what it's going to be. But I would subscribe because I am subscribed to Davis's podcast anyway. Go rate and review that five stars after you rate and review five stars for the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Smash the like button to the video and check out all of my work up on DKPlaybook.com. All right, more fantasy football coming at you because it's that time of year again. Starting a bit early because there's nothing to talk about, but hey, can't hurt, right? Everyone likes hearing about football. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.
0: Have experience.
2: Experience.